What's up, Charleston? This is the Healthy Charleston Podcast, hosted by yours truly, Eve Gigi, where we talk all things health-related. We're going to talk about all sorts of health information, as well as, hopefully, clear up all sorts of terrible health misinformation. What's up, Charleston? This is the Healthy Charleston Podcast, hosted by yours truly, Eve Gigi, where we talk all things health-related. We're going to talk about all sorts of health information, as well as, hopefully, clear up all sorts of terrible health misinformation. Today, I have TJ from Iron Tribe. What's up, TJ? Thanks for having me, Eve. Yeah, man. Thanks for coming on. I'm excited to do this. You guys have grown quite a bit, um, and you are crushing it over there. And I would like to know a little bit more. You guys just opened a downtown location. So how long has that been open? Uh, Officially, but the door's open somewhere between two and three weeks right now. Okay, cool. That's really cool. And then you have another location where? In Mount Pleasant. Mount Pleasant. Nice, nice. So I always like to start these, like I told you earlier, interview style. So like what drew you into the health and fitness world. You know, I was like picture people just coming out of the womb, just like carrying barbells and dumbbells. But like, <laughs> you know, what what started you on this journey? Usually there's a, there's a story there. Uh, like you said, usually there's a story there. <laughs> there, uh, there definitely is. So just like most of us that have gotten into this field, there's some sort of like major uh, landmark or turning point in our lives. And for me, that was uh, probably my sophomore year of college. My father took a, like a dark turn in health um, and I got a phone call from him one day and it was one of those, like, you're going to have to like take care of your mom and the family. And it was, oh, wow. it was a hard time to process for the moment, but, uh, that was like the like standout turning point in my life. And my, my advisor even like noticed it in college. She was like, something that's different. Like you have a little more direction, like when like choosing classes and kind of like picking stuff, getting towards the, um, second half of undergraduate. And that was kind of like my my point and my, I had a really good advisor in college that pointed me in the direction of like, okay, this is the stuff that I like to do. Like, this is where my like mindset is or my just like academic like strengths and kind of guided me in the direction of Clemson biological sciences. And then I turned that into, um, like a little bit of athletic leadership and with a minor and then wound up at the Citadel for a master's in health exercise sports science. Um, really choosing my direction had uh, physical therapy on the mind for quite some time, mm-hmm. um, but then found myself uh, taking some straying from that path and then my mindset kind of evolving as I grew and got through the schooling. Nice. what do you think of the Citadel graduate program? I've heard just amazing things about Citadel graduate programs in general, but maybe that specific one. Uh, well, I liked it because coming out of grad school, I wasn't ready for PT school, just kind of like an immature kid, and I really didn't know where I was going to point my direction at. Um, and I had a friend in the graduate program, so I went and interviewed there and got a graduate assistantship and, and loved it because it was hands-on for everything that I wanted to do. Like most of the time we've got our head in a textbook or we're looking at anatomy pictures and things like that. And it's just so hard to put into like real life act- application, but like with them, like they have a human performance lab uh, on their campus and you get to go in and like you see the Gatorade commercials with the guys with like the, the masks on doing the VO2 testing like mm-hmm. they've got that there I was a um, a study subject for a friend of mine doing a research paper where I would go in and do uh, a squat study with a mouthpiece and they would draw blood and saliva and I got to do all of that stuff like 
and be part of it versus just read it. That's awesome. Did you do a lot of training in that situation too, or just like more of the research side of things is what Citadel does a lot? Oh yeah. (laughs) So, and, uh, I started getting into the actual like training principles in, uh, undergrad at Clemson. And before that it was how most people start, Hey, my buddy got strong with this program. You should try it. And that's how it kind of started. And then I started learning principles and applying that to myself. And then I get to graduate school. I'm like, man, like, it's crazy. Like I thought I knew what I was doing when I was working out. Uh, started teaching a strength conditioning class to cadets as you know, one of my like graduate assistant jobs, and learning more about Olympic lifting because I'd never been part of like a, a formal program of like football or like high school or college setting to where they um, I would learn those skills. So I had to learn from my other graduate assistants who were part of those programs, uh, and then kind of self teach myself. Yeah, uh, and then did the strength and conditioning with the CSCS. I had a, a class on that and did an internship at the Citadel with their um, football department for the summer uh, football training. So it was kind of self-taught all through that point. Um, I love it. That's like just trial by fire right there. Like, oh yeah. how was the, I'm really curious, how was the strength conditioning class for the cadets? Like, how did, I just, I don't know why I can't picture that, but I'm just really curious. Like, they're like marching. It's like, nope, stop. We're all going to air squat and lunge. And <laughs> or you bring them into the gym with you, you know, like. It was definitely intimidating because coming out of. I uh, do more pushups than any of, of us. Coming out of Clemson, I was 21. And then yeah. now I'm supposed to be like teaching class for cadets. And some of the cadets were older than I was. Interesting. Um, they didn't know it though. <laughs> Never let them do that. Oh, of course not. <laughs> um, but it was really, it was like strength training principles. And it was very vague. And we were left to design our own syllabus and just, we would just submit for approval and you could kind of teach it however you wanted. So it was a legit class. It's not like mm-hmm. a one-time workshop. This is like a, it was a semester. A, it was a semester class, but it was um, kind of, it fell under their like recreation, physical education department. So it was called RPED. Okay. And every cadet was required to take these classes. And it was funny. So I taught strength training. Uh, I was in charge of the swim program for all of the undergraduates um, there. I did archery, golf, racquetball. I taught all of these like random stuff mm-hmm. but it was it was just fun so like they come in there like they learn how to play and then yeah you, you'd see there and see them in there for the, the weight room or the racquetball court or something when they're not in class and it's like okay you've learned a skill that you can just have fun with I took racquetball and tennis it was my favorite class and badminton was one of them I was like I could do this all day and that's a great part right when you go there it's not like complex at least with racquetball, it's not really complex issues. Oh, yeah. You know, you're just like learning the rules of the game, basically, and then you're playing a little bit, and then that's pretty much it. Mm-hmm. But to circle back to the strength conditioning course, so you had free reign. How did you, how did you, did, were you guys like getting your one rep max? Like, were you actually doing periodization, or is it more just like a little bit of theory, a little bit of movement? Or It was, a, it was kind of like a mixture of theory and movement, because I was still trying to kind of craft my own principles at the time, and I had mm-hmm. gone through some of the books in the dusty library that we had access to. Um, so it was a little bit of application or how do we like find one rep max and then how do we base permit percentages off it? I would also pull up articles and have people like read them and like give me your thoughts on this. And it was as far as like periodization or sprint training. Um, so we would just pick an article and kind of dissect it for half the class. And then the next half of the class we would, um, I would kind of let them come up with workouts on their own or I would take them through stuff. I even had to call in my graduate assistants to back me up when it came to learning some of the Olympic lifting because I was like, I'm out of my realm here. I had no experience sure, at that sure. time. Sure, sure. Show you a clean and jerk, right? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, 
the other side of that is you could literally spend your entire life learning the clean and jerk and be terrible at it. So like, that's a great part, right? Like nobody besides some of these high level Olympic level athletes, like, yeah, that, those are tough skills to learn, period. They'll still, still do a clean and jerk and tell you like, oh man, that one was garbage. Like, right. I'm like, that looked as bad as good as I've ever yeah. seen. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you can go down that rabbit hole and I have quite a few times and there are just like, if you, there are so many ways to do that better. There's one theory that says you need to do this with your shoulder. There's this other theory that you need to do this with your feet. There's one theory that says your feet can't turn out. One says your feet are supposed to be neutral. So it's like, it's quite the rabbit hole anyway, you know? So I love that you kind of just like, there's some basic principles that we know. And if you focus on those and then you can kind of layer on the more complexity um, after that. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's cool. No, I, I think uh, there's probably no better way, in my opinion, to learn something or let's call it like solidify in your brain than to teach somebody else, you know, you know, like I do a little bit of business coaching and like I was random fact, but like today got an email. I was like, how do you do this? And I was like, Oh, I do this, 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 and this when I do that. And I was like, wait a minute, I don't do that. Oh crap. And then bam, all of a sudden I implement that in my business. And it's like, Oh man, things are a lot better. It's just like, there's something about teaching other people that just like wires things in your brain differently and so creates I'm, a deeper understanding for you a hundred percent someone else yeah yeah and you just did that like from the beginning which i think is which is awesome right you probably learned so much that that's how i taught myself is having to try to teach others and yeah and craft that all together right right and then like which i do too am i like for physical therapy is like there's probably no exercise i haven't tried on my own right i'm not going to give a patient something if i have it like done you know, some sort of crazy half Turkish get up with a screwdriver in between. You know what I mean? It's like, I'm going to try that. I'm going to see how it feels. And if it's something that worked for me, then I'll give it to my patient. Mm -hmm. So it seems like you were doing that at the same time that you were teaching it and like studying and like how, how long of a period was that where kind of sophomore year graduated undergrad and then just a year at the Citadel or was it longer? It was uh, two years of really classes in the, the graduate school for the Citadel. Okay. And then I was also working in a PT clinic um, going into that time frame, so that's where my mindset of like the strength training and kind of like the rehab all meshed together because that's where I had originally wanted to go. Yeah, working in the PT clinic, and I would be able to like ask questions and apply stuff. I'm like, oh, I just read this, and then I would get to like talk and explain it or figure it out. And they're like, well, yeah, like that's like what the book says. Like, this is how it really goes in the real world. Sure. Um, and that was always nice to say like, okay, this is where it, this is where it works, or this doesn't where it doesn't work, or this is how we need to change things up. Yeah, that's interesting. You might have a good perspective on this, and, and um, I'd be curious to hear your thoughts. How much do you think strength training and the principles surrounding that were actually applied in rehab when you observed the PT? And I'm just going to say that my bias is, just to give you some freedom either way, is that it doesn't happen often enough, in my opinion, right? And so, like, there's a lot of clinics out there that I don't think give the patient the stimulus needed to actually recreate an adaptation response. I feel like it barely scratches the surface. Okay, and, okay. And it's I didn't uh, mean to bias you that one thing, but I didn't oh, want you no, to hold no. back either. I'm sure I'm not sure that you would have, but we'll run uh, out of we'll run out of tape yeah. on this subject. <laughs> okay, that's good to know because we're probably um, aligned that way. <laughs> yeah, and I, I love because I've I've heard other podcasts and people talk about it and I, I love when someone referenced they're like, I knew I was in a good PT clinic when I walked in there was a squat rack. I was yeah. like it was just an instant sign of like, okay, there's like 
a deeper level of understanding the work that are to be had. So Good. I'm place. glad you walked into ours then. You probably were <laughs> pleasantly surprised when you saw two. You oh, know? I love seeing all the toys up front. It's yeah, great. yeah. No, um, but awesome. most often people just kind of get the basics and then they get like a bad image of what like physical therapy could be mm-hmm. for them because either insurance or preconceived notions like held them back and you can never really push someone unless you, you create that like deep bond and, or they're like financially able to. Um, follow through and take the rehab all the way from injured across the line back into like normal performance mm-hmm. and not just oh I don't have pain anymore but I can't do that man you said that well you just like <laughs> basically just took our marketing and just summarized it almost better than we did that's really awesome we talk about a three-step process and you know step one reduce pain get back to like a baseline step two is get back to quotation marks, normal, functional movement. And the third process, which is if you, you got to take it all the way through, is to actually work on performance and building strength in these new positions that you found. So hopefully you never have to come back to my office again. You know, it's like, I feel like a lot of times in the healthcare world that we take them up to the point of normal or sometimes not even there and just keep them there forever. So they have to keep coming back or they keep needing more. It's like, or no. that's where the system stops. That's terrible, right? That's not what we want. I want to be able to empower people. I want to give them the knowledge and the principles to go do this stuff on their own. And I mean, I don't know about you, but I feel like that's what healthcare should be. That's where I think I wholeheartedly agree with you. Is, yeah. Hey, you're my, you're my patient. You're my client. We're going to teach you this. And my goal is to not see you again. Right, right. Go apply this stuff. I want to teach you everything that you need to to maintain and do it yourself. Interesting. Is that what drew you away from PT or was it just other circumstances? Um, partially. So okay. like we mentioned the line of like you're hurt and then you're better and there's that kind of like gray area in between. Um, for me, as I went through the graduate program, I kind of found myself leaning more on the side of I would like to take from like normal back to performance versus the injured back to normal mm-hmm. side of things. And I had a professor at the Citadel that kind of like laid it out real well that and for me to understand it that way, I'm like, oh, you're right. Like, that's where I tend to fall is, is on the other side of the performance enhancement side. Yeah. Um, but with a mindset of PT that I can take it back to the basics. And most often, um, like when I'm training at the gym, people have problems and I'll talk to them and tell them about stuff. And then they'll go see someone else. They'll come back and they're like, you were right. <laughs> yeah. Some... Thanks for the validation. Right. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> we get that a lot. I mean, you know, sometimes we partner with a lot of gyms and, you know, that's a big part of our marketing. Like our main people that we like to align with typically is other fitness professionals as opposed to a lot of the healthcare world. Because I'm speaking a certain language as we've just talked about. And usually they're not necessarily speaking that language. So mm-hmm. it's, it's just cool to see you, you know, say it that way. And when we do partner with these gyms, we that's basically what we say is like sometimes – Patients, clients, whatever, just need to hear it from a healthcare professional. It's like, hey, everything you were doing was actually right. Go back and do it. You know, like I saw somebody last week who was training at a gym and had some knee issues and she came in. I was like, let me, I don't really know what's going on here, but just come in. Let me just talk to you for a second. Talked. It's like, your knee's fine. Go back to training. Like, I don't need to see you. Like, just keep doing these things. You know, it's like, sometimes that's all it is, right? Like, just scale back, right? Scale the movement. You know, like build the foundation back up and then go back to training. Like, I know that sounds like overly simplified, but like that's a basically what rehab is. There's more to it. Yes. Yeah. But at its baseline, right, the principle is specifically that. So graduate school 
two years with the Citadel, what happens next? Uh, took a 90 degree turn and went into teaching in a school for four and a half years. Oh, wow. Teaching what? <laughs> uh, it was a small school, so anything and everything. Okay. Uh, my primary thing was I ran the phys ed program okay. for initially third through eighth graders, and then the school expanded into high school, so it was third through 12th grade. Um, so then at the tail end of my graduate program, a couple of my professors were essentially in charge of writing the curriculum for the state standards of South Carolina. So I followed that, took one class to kind of get my mindset into where it was for that. And a friend of mine in the graduate program was at the school and was leaving. And that was kind of like what brought me in because mm-hmm. the headmaster of the school had been a mentor of mine since I was like four or five years old, okay. asked me to come on board. I did and started to run the school um, phys ed program. I substitute taught math and science for teachers that were on maternity leave. Every student had a laptop at the school. Oh wow! Uh, so I did IT repair. Okay. All the network for jack the, of the all trades. Yeah, uh, drove the bus. <laughs> um, but it was a it was a small school that the headmaster's philosophy was very much kind of like where I got mine is like to teach others to teach. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you kind of create a system that can run itself or is self-sustaining and it's a, it's a much better end result. Yeah, for sure. Do you, um, PE for kids, like I'd be really curious, curious, sorry, what you thought of the general fitness level, even being there for four years, I don't know if you even saw a trend in those four years, but like, you know, we've done some workshops for some kids in the community and these are usually athletes, right? Like go and talk to a soccer team and get them to do some basic things. I was shocked when I saw some of the movement patterns that I saw. And and these are the athletes. So like, I'm just curious what you thought of the general fitness level or the ability to move with some of these kids. Um, so we were a small, program. small subsector because it was like a private school. Yep. There was only 70 students sure. um, for the third through eighth grade. And then it started to expand out from there yeah. when high school came in. Um, but it, it, very widely and, and largely it's not like training principles and I struggled a little with that because yeah. my mind is more of like a structured program mm-hmm. um, but the biggest thing is like you create um, guided play essentially sure so you try to like get some principles in there and teach things or you just put the right scenarios around them um, and you're like okay we we know the objectives that we want them to work on whether it's like object manipulation for throwing kicking something like that or balance but then to them it's like it comes out as play Um, and you work on it as best you can but it was a full spectrum from kids that could like race and even beat me and like a couple laps around the gym close to a mile and then we had kids that could barely jog across jog across the room once Mm -hmm. like oh wow yeah yeah just got the whole gamut yeah that's interesting because i actually did work for the school system for my first three years um, when you look at a pediatric physical therapy, it's very much the same, right? Like they need to be able to walk, they need to be able to run, they need to be able to jump, they need to be able to, object manipulation is what just clinged in my head, throw a ball, catch a ball, right? So like you probably had those types mm-hmm. of goals and then you just, yeah, try to structure some sort of thing, which is really fun, but um, I agree, I'm definitely more inclined to some of the structured stuff. You can kind of get, I don't know if burned out's the right word, but like, I don't know, you may be looking for more of a challenge than that when you get a little bit deeper and, and you want to use some of the training principles, yeah. you just got two years worth of. I loved it, but yeah. it, it wasn't where kind of like my heart and philosophy was yeah. as far as where I knew I wanted to go. And that's so, what brought me out of the school after four and a half years. I just made a decision um, with my wife. And we're like, I, I need to go back into more of my field. And so 
how'd you, you know, what happened next? How about that? So when I was working at the school, which was wonderful with summers off, so I can say that was a really good thing. Yep. So did Um, I. It was the best new grad. Like, (laughs) oh man. Yeah. I worked like 190 days out of the year or something. I was like, this can't be, this can't be real life. 10 months on, two months off. I'll take it. Yep. It was great. Mm -hmm. Um, But I had started working part time with just like a little boot camp place um, during the summers just to stay busy or have some pocket change. Um, and then the other gym that I was training at eventually asked me to come on board and they knew my background of, I have a certification corrective exercise, um, specialist and performance enhancement specialist from national Academy of sports medicine. Cool. Um, and I had been with them training myself for a year, almost two years. And they asked me to come on and help with run their fundamentals program. And I was kind of bouncing back and forth between these two places, just kind of odd jobs and interviewing for other stuff. And my wife and I almost moved to Atlanta where her family is from on the north side in Alpharetta. And I had several job interviews, was waiting on one to turn out that never really did. Um, and then even interviewed with the place that asked me to come back like last minute to like meet the client. And this was right before uh, the new year of 2018. So I went to Atlanta, Spring, uh, Christmas break style or essentially and thought oh man we're not coming back to Charleston so I had started to say like bye to people oh wow and then it just didn't turn out right and we're bye I, hello again I remember like <laughs> sitting in the kitchen at my mother-in-law's and I got an email um, from essentially like Corky and I are driving to Mount Pleasant and I was yep. like okay I gotta follow up with this and we were like leaving the next day to go to my father's house down in Florida and I did a Skype phone call on FaceTime from his office down in Florida um, and we got back to Charleston. I had a face interview and started January 8th of 2018. That's awesome. After thinking we weren't coming back to Charleston. Right. Good work, Corky. <laughs> you really got it. And then, so you've been them, been with them since 2018, basically, mm-hmm. and kind of seeing the growth. And um, tell us a little bit like about what kind of stuff you're you're doing there. I mean, we talked a little bit about the on-ramp program and kind of what goes on at Iron Tribe, but, but for people maybe who just aren't as familiar, you know what I mean? Like, maybe So the ones. way we kind of structure ourselves is one of the best that I've seen, and I love it as far as like a trainer and coach position because we've got two full-time coaches in the morning and evening, um, and that lends us to be a little bit more invested because we can't, we're there. That's you're the face that someone sees every time they come in. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what Iron Tribe's known a little bit more of is being able to invest into their athletes and the time frame and get to know them on a deeper level. Yep. Um, so myself being a morning person and my other co-coach, uh, we've got a set number of athletes that we always reach out to. And then we've got a couple of different styles of classes. We've got what we call push, which could be, uh, you could have worked out for 10 years or not worked out for 10 years. You can come in and you can get a good workout in. Um, it's your high intensity interval, a mix of strength and cardio, some like functional bodybuilding style in there. Um, so essentially it's dumbbells, kettlebells, body weight stuff. Like I said, we could teach you on the spot and you can go through it without much concern. Mm-hmm. And then we have our, what we call power class, which is barbells for the most part is the big separation of it. And it's a little more strength and conditioning focused. Some clean and jerk, some snatches in there, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and then it's a little bit more targeted as far as like a performance end result, whereas your push class would be body composition or just general health and fitness of like, okay, my heart rate's good. I can lift something up and that's about it. But yep. the power class involves the strength and conditioning, um, a little more structured, like eight week um, cycles focusing on specific lifts or movements or tempos and load volumes and things like that. And then we've got an accessory class called strength, 
which takes like the intensity of your workout down a little bit and lets you focus specifically on like the lifting of like front squats, back squats, or the clean movement without saying, okay, I've got to do this like under certain time constraints. Mm-hmm. Um, so the layering of classes is incredible. Uh, being full-time, we're able to like talk to clients and say like, oh, what's going on? Like you haven't really been making results. Well, I've been stressed or I've been going through a divorce or like my kids are in the hospital for something. Um, so you, you really get to dive past just like food and nutrition. Um, and get a little bit more into it to where you can create that trust and relationship and really like make some awesome progress with people. Yeah. Yeah. We talk about that a lot. It's a theme that keeps weaving its way through all the podcasts, but like, you know, how do you make the biggest difference with people? How do you actually improve health and improve fitness? And, you know, 90% of the time, maybe a hundred, it's about like developing an actual relationship developing the community and like that's what keeps people long term and that's what's going to make a difference you know not something more cookie cutter or not something more just like you know come in do your work see you later you know Mm -hmm. like developing that relationship is i think key same thing in rehab too like we see one person for an hour we don't see that many people a day we focus very much on developing the relationship one-on-one not necessarily having multiple people multiple patients multiple things going on like undivided kind of attention yeah, so building that trust really lets you get more accomplished than if someone's kind of guarded or holding back um especially if you're trying to give them advice or tell them to how to do something yeah yeah the mental side of things i'm sure you know this too like half the time is what's holding people back not necessarily that they're not physically able to do it but like they need to work through their own preconceived notions yeah or issues or whatever you know what i mean we all have got our issues for sure I'm oh afraid. yeah <laughs> definitely one of them as well <laughs> no man that that's that's i mean that's Awesome. I love that that's a big part of what you guys um, focus on. Do you take some of the classes as well, or do you kind of just train on your own? Like, what are the coaches truly Oh, yeah. Cares? No, we, uh, we do the training, and it's some of the best programming I've ever seen. Like, okay. just from the last year of being there, myself, I consider, like, at a completely different level uh, than where I've ever been. Cool. And that's hard to say, considering every year you're older. Right, right. <laughs> so, um, I feel like I've never been healthier, stronger, just better at all of my general movements and because we have a team of programmers essentially through iron tribe that comes up with the workouts so there's Mm -hmm. a couple guys that oversee it they send it down to a team of people that are even at different locations Um, so all these different backgrounds go into crafting the workouts and then there's a team of people that test it um, so that it's not like too much legs too much overhead too much uh, right side or left side dominant on stuff Um, really well thought out for six weeks before you even see it on the whiteboard in front of you for the workout that day. Awesome. I know uh, what I think is really interesting too is like most people in the fitness arena typically have done some form of like personal training or came at least from years of that. It doesn't seem like that was a big part of where you've kind of come from. It's kind of like always been a teacher, which is kind of cool, or a coach, or whatever, you know what I mean? Multiple yeah, definitely been in the group dynamic more yeah. so than the one-on-one. Yeah, yeah, which is, I mean, again, I think the, the advantage, as we talked about before, is just being able to teach people, especially in a lecture kind of setting, is just cool, like, just make sure that things stay kind of grounded, you know, because a lot of times you can get lost in all the cool exercises and all the different things you can do and blah, 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 and we kind of lose some of that, those foundational concepts, which should be always the foundation of what we build everything else kind of on. So, right. yeah, sounds like it keeps you pretty grounded. I, I love the programming because it keeps me kind of, it lets me 
focus or give someone else a little more control as for where it's going. Um, and then I just like pepper in my own flair to it. I'm like, I'm gonna add this, I'm gonna add that. Um, and that's what I bring to the clients and I do really well is like, I look at you as an individual and how you move and I'm like, okay, like, well, here's the programming, but this is you like the workout needs to work for you, not the other way around. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's one of my big driving philosophies that I tell people It's like your goals are different than theirs. You're coming in with a different history than they did. Um, don't try to compare yourself to somebody else. Yeah, for sure. What I love that, uh, you guys do a lot, um, at Iron Tribe is you do a lot of like in-house competitions which is oh, yeah. which is cool you know what i mean like it's kind of like a big pe class in a way right we're about to play dodgeball you guys against you guys put yourself in teams like there's just a lot of fun in that i think especially if you can create healthy competition as opposed to like we all know that there's unhealthy competition oh, as yeah. well you know it looks like at some point i'm sure you know i don't know maybe i'm wrong here but like there'll probably be a mount pleasant mount pleasant versus downtown competition at some point right oh, there, there will be yeah we're uh, we're working on that yeah um so a big part of the like member base that we have has been in some sort of like sports or something like that and has that like kind of misses that kind of competitiveness mm-hmm. that disappears from like childhood into adulthood or when you leave like a collegiate sport setting um, and we have this little thing at the end where you will call out your score or time to a coach and they'll write it on the board um, and it'll eventually get put into the app so you can go on and like see how your friends did and compare. Um, and my wife will hate me for saying this, but she loves going on and like comparing to other Everybody people. does. She's secretly competitive. Yeah. Um, and then the Nobody com- knows you're in there secretly stalking, and right? And the, the color in your app changes when you do it like as written versus having to scale or modify something to yourself. So she loves seeing like all the, the colors start to come in her app and she's like, oh man, she's like, you forgot to put my RX today. <laughs> oh no I love that I mean the gamifying things is just like I think a way again let's call it layer number two. First one kind of being community and relationship but like, number two is just making that stuff fun and gamifying like why else is Candy Crush such a like there's literally no point to that just to make it to the next level you're just like yeah. competing that's all it is just competing with yourself and like being able to, to leverage that I think in a positive way is uh, it's just awesome to see uh, it works well, and especially when we do do the competitions, um, and then it's it's less about the workout, but more about like the who are you gonna like smack talk to and have fun, and the Facebook banter always gets out of control, or like somebody's team name is just like off the wall hilarious, and like you said, the community is just the biggest driving force and everybody rallies behind that yeah yeah no you guys have a great community we run like a little local row razor for special olympics and you guys had a big team out there so it's just it's just cool to see I think you right. guys are doing cool stuff all right you ready for some spitfire sure first thing that comes to mind you're just going to shout it out i'll try without thinking <laughs> i'm just kidding all right um what are you best at best at yes oh, i know i love these questions because they just make people like take a step back and be like hmm you know it's uh yeah challenging but good i'm best at i feel like just letting go of stress and just kind of going with the flow okay uh so whether it be like a class that kind of gets crazy i'm just like all right it is what it is or yeah. uh if life's stressful i kind of like a, i'll take the stress but i don't really let it eat me alive. Okay. Hold on to it. That's so a great skill like, to have, dude. <laughs> yeah. um, it's uh, definitely a, a skill and a strength and a weakness, I would say. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's, maybe that's a piggyback off the next thing. What do you struggle with or what do you suck at? Um, kind of foresight. 
looking yep. ahead and doing um, long-term planning of stuff. So I'm really good in the moment. I'm quick on my feet mm-hmm. as far as like if it's a workout and somebody comes to me and they're like, hey, I can't do any overhead. And I look and I say, okay, well, have to work out as push press today. What are we going to do? Yeah. Um, so I'm good with that. Um, as far as like long-term planning and setting goals, like this has been a um, thing that I'm really working on as far as like, okay, can I like plan out quarterly? Can I start to plan out a year or more yep. of just something and, and then accomplish those goals and check them off? Yeah, I'm definitely very, very similar to that. Like I love reacting and getting like short-term, like what am I doing today? What am I doing this week? We actually have to peel back and I have to make myself do this. We take a whole weekend and basically plan out what the next year looks like for the business. And I think it'd be really smart to do that. I'm having someone program for me, but it's probably really smart to do that for your like own health and, you know, fitness, like, you know, meal prep for the week. Right. And like, all right, this month I'm going to do this. And this quarter I'm going to focus on this performance thing. And like, um, actually never really thought about that till now, but why wouldn't you apply those same principles to your own like what's yeah. more important than that than your own health? That's, Not where, much. That, that's where you can mess up and get away with a little bit more. Right. If you kind of know like, ooh, I'm going to do this for a while. And yeah, oh, I just had a mini epiphany there. Thanks, TJ. <laughs> that's awesome. Next next week when you guys talk to me, I'm going to have a whole, my whole year planned out from a health and wellness standpoint. Okay. Anyway. Oh, you know what I forgot to talk about? Mm-hmm. I haven't prepped you for it. Is your definition of health. So like you look at a healthy person, you know, there's picture of this in dictionary you can describe that person whatever like when you pick picture health like how would you define it uh you told me to think about it and i've been stewing on it a little bit yeah first thing that came to mind was balance not in the sense of like being able to stand on one foot but balance in your life of are you happy with nutrition the way you eat are you happy with your um physical, emotional, and social connections that you have? Are you happy with like your body and the way you move? Because um, you can be happy as a power lifter and you can be happy as a yoga. Um, someone that that's your primary thing and it doesn't mm-hmm. matter. It's just you choose something that you want to invest your time and spend your time in because we only have so much time to use or have and we're the ones that choose what to do with it. Yeah, yeah. Time is our only, that's one of my favorite things to think about is time is our only non-renewable resource. Right, you're just never gonna get anything back. Um, you know, you can always make more money. You can always like, you know, get new relationships. But like, yeah, time is definitely something that, um, yeah, it's not renewable for sure. <laughs> uh, okay, so we'll keep going with the um, with the questions. Last one. It's a little more on the serious side. The rest of them are gonna be fun. But what is the number one thing the public should do to maintain their health and fitness? Can only pick one thing. That's why I love it so much. Seek a professional. I like it. You see a doctor when you're sick. You see a pharmacist when you need medicine. Why not see someone to tell you how to move or train you on principles? It's like people try to take their health in their own hands and they haven't learned anything growing up or the school system has failed to tell us like what is or isn't healthy because the government subsidizes things like I, I still laugh when I used to see like the food pyramid or the my plate and it's getting better but like why is milk on there as like a recommended dietary intake that's a whole different conversation I know, can go down like, yeah. stop myself there but, yeah uh, yeah we don't have that much time sorry <laughs> sorry yeah no I agree with that seek someone to learn from them so that you can essentially do it well yourself or be taught well yeah yeah I use this analogy with people a lot it's basically 
You have to get from point A, where you are now, to where you want to be. Usually people have an idea of where they want to be. I want to have a six-pack. I want to be able to run a marathon. I want to just feel strong, whatever that is. And you can, you might be able to get there on your own, but it's probably going to look like this crazy, like, back and forth, wiggling all around, go left, go right, go backwards, go forwards. If you seek the help of a professional, that's going to be a straight line. You know, there'll still be some ups and downs, but it's not going to be nearly the deviation. And I don't know about you, but like, again, our time is worth a lot. And so like, how much time are you going to save? How much frustration are you going to save? How much probably money are you going to save if you find that more direct path? And usually it's, yeah, it's getting the help of a professional. So maybe putting our ego aside, maybe just like saving a little bit of extra money and putting it towards there because, man, you're going to get that tenfold. Uh, we have a lot of people that come to us uh, that used to work with a personal trainer and it just, if they didn't have that connection and they'll come to us, I'm like, you spend how much on personal training? Oh my, like yeah. we, we can work with you one-on-one nutrition, everything here. And you still get to enjoy like the group, like community the class, community aspects so which huge. is going to drive you more than like I can as an individual. Yeah. So. Yeah. Oh, I, I agree. You know what else I just remembered? I was trying to think <clears throat> as you were talking. I read this article, like balance, I completely agree that that's one of the coolest things and most important things to work on. There's this article I read, I can send it to you. It's it's called The Four Burners of Balance. Probably said way more eloquently than I just said. But essentially there's four burners in life and only two of them can be burning hot at one time. Burner number one, health. Burner number two, friends. Burner number three, family. Burner number four, business. Right? So like you cannot be working at 100% capacity on all those things at once, right? It's very, very difficult. So it's like, A, there's like multiple principles on there. The ones that stuck with me is like there's a season for everything, right? There's like a season where I have to buckle down and maybe health and my friends kind of suffer. It shouldn't, but maybe suffer because I'm working on my business or I'm having, I just had a baby. You know what I mean? Right. Right? There's kind of a season for everything and just like delegating certain things out and like, to piggyback what we just said, it's why it reminded me is like, I can't program for myself. I can't get to the gym every day. I don't have like, I just can't do it. But if I'm part of a community and I essentially outsource that, all of a sudden that burner can run a little low. I just have to show up to class every day at eight o'clock. Like there's a lot of freedom that comes with that, right? And um, let someone tell you to guide you through it. Yeah. Take like, that off your emotional or mental plate. Yeah. There's two things that I did that were huge for me because we're just working on the business, we have a new space, is somebody's programming workouts for me. So literally all I have to do is open an app and I just do it. And two, like outsourcing like food, like we've decided to get somebody to come in, prepare meals for us. Like it's okay to do that. You know what I mean? Like let's, let's, let's focus on other things and that's okay. And you know, we'll come, come back. So anyway, I always have to do some sort of rant. There it is. <laughs> I can check that box today. All right, uh, let's go through some fun ones, super easy. What is your walkout song? Oh man, uh, probably ACDC's Hell's Bells. Yes, there you go. It's we, funny, I grew up as a swimmer, so like if you were ever like the top one in the finals heat, like you got to choose a walkout song. Oh, there you go. I think ACD had so that and Thunderstruck, like a Just, lot of people pick that one. I, I grew up listening to rock and loved it. Yeah, we had like a little Facebook group that I did for something else. And like I asked people that just for fun to get into the Facebook group and like for sure ACDC was like overwhelmingly like 30%. You know, and everything else was kind of all over in between. So what's your favorite cartoon? Oh man, cartoon? Present. Present? Previous could be, no, like any when you're a kid too, whatever. If you could pick your favorite cartoon, what would it be? I don't know, I grew up on the Power Rangers, but that wasn't a cartoon. 
Yeah, kind of though. But it wasn't. It wasn't, but you know, definitely some CGI, old school CGI in there. Oh, oh yeah, the terrible sound effects. The little putty things. Oh, those things were awesome. I don't know what those guys were called. They're called putties. I don't remember. Yeah, uh, Ninja Turtles was probably my. Okay, the, the old one, yeah. the ones that the nineties one. Yeah, oh, okay. April O'Neil and all yellow and yeah. Way those, back. Those were awesome. I want to watch those with my son on YouTube. They have them on YouTube for free, in case you're wondering. You want to go back and revisit them anytime. It's a good way to kill some time. I haven't done it yet, but that's what I heard. What was the last TV show you watched? Oh, we just watched uh, The Widow on Amazon Prime. Okay. With Kate Beckinsale, I think is like the main actress. Okay. Is that new? I feel like... Yeah, it just yeah. released. So we just watched it over the past couple of days, and I thought it was really good. What's um, it about? So... A uh, widow. <laughs> a widow. She's, she's the widow. Yeah. Her husband... Uh, mysteriously like dies on a plane crash um, but then she sees him on like a flash of news which sends her into this like curtail of trying to chase down and find him um, through these like I think it was like East African countries of like third world and it's this whole uh, scheme of like undercovering like government and crime and things that She's like, I have no idea. She was going to get into Sold. This. I'm watching it. It's going on her list. My wife will love that. You always got to find ones you can watch together. You know, she's not going to watch like the Avengers with me. I'm not going to watch the Bachelor or Bachelorette with her. So we have to have some of the common out. Widow, I think, would be a good couple's <laughs> one. I like that. I don't remember that one. All right. Uh, last book you read. Uh, finished or currently reading? Yeah. Uh, currently reading. So I'm reading a book called Wild at Heart. And it's actually like a curriculum because I'm doing a a men's hike through seacoast okay um so it's like a not a spirit since a spiritual hike so um they coordinate and put everything together and then a group of men go out onto the mountain for a hike for four days and i'm yep. doing that at the end of april um the book is by i think it's john eldridge wild at heart um and it's kind of how like we've lost that like just being in the woods uh, that, and that making connection a fire. to like what masculinity is sure and like people just confuse it with like if uh, masculinity means you've got to be like strong or um, kind of like cold and emotionless sure. versus like being able to stand up and like show emotion for things. Cool. It's a really good book. That's awesome. I've had a lot of friends who've done those hikes and they just rave about them. I'm taking my, uh, my son is going to his first like Camp Carolina. So like out in the woods and like I get to go do a weekend with him and I'm just like oh, pumped to kind of get out there and like no cell phone, right? And just oh, kind of yeah. like be in nature and build a fire and you know, pound my chest, whatever, you know, throw an axe around. That stuff's awesome, you know? Get back into the wild. Yeah, yeah. I, that's one of my, like, to-do lists. My wife's crazy, but, like, I would like to learn and then literally take a helicopter, get dropped off in the middle of nowhere, and then be able to find my way back to civilization. Like, they, you can do those trips. They're insanely expensive, but I was like, that's in my book. She's like, you're going by yourself for that one. I'm like, fine, I get it. Just get on with Bear girls. Yeah, <laughs> dude, yeah. <laughs> There's some weird stuff that goes on in those. But, okay, yeah, that's another time. But that guy's awesome. All right, tell people where they can find a little bit more about you. Last question. Uh, so we've got Facebook is probably one of the easiest one where most people go these days. So you okay. can find our downtown and Mount Pleasant locations on Facebook as well as Instagram. Everybody's on there all the time. So you can follow us at, I think it's ITF underscore MTP for Mount Pleasant. Um, and then it's ITF underscore CHS for Charleston as far cool. as the Instagram and you can connect with us there or even we love drop-ins. We love people to come in and just see the place because that's the best um, thing you can do. Just come see the facility in person. Way to experience it for themselves, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I'll link to all those in the show notes mm -hmm. too. TJ, this is fun, man. 
I really appreciate you coming on. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. First podcast. That was awesome. Yeah, there you go. First one, you did great. You should do more for sure. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to Healthy Charleston Podcast. Don't forget your body is resilient, strong, and adaptable. The way to a to better healthcare and a healthier you is education and empowerment. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, we would love for you to give us a five-star rating on iTunes, maybe even leave some comments. You can follow us at Healthy Charleston. And if you're listening, we'd love for you to post it on your stories and tag us, tell us what you liked, leave us any comments. We appreciate it.